What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. good. Having to do a little bit of early prep recording on this week because I have to go to Vegas for a work conference for like for four days. For a work conference. Yeah, no. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how much it's going to it's gonna you know mix with business <laughs> to pleasure, but it is Vegas, so well, there's a good chance that I'll have, be able to have some fun. And you there. won't be accompanied by your wife, will you? No, I will not. I'm going to tell on you. Why? I don't, I don't I'm not know. doing anything bad. I'm, I'm just, just gonna going to make stuff up. I'm going to be like, Sam, Jarrett texted me some things while he was blackout <laughs> drunk. I think you should know. <laughs> I think you should know he's hitting the tables pretty he's hitting hard. hitting the tables. Sadly. He, he leveraged the house. It's all gone. <laughs> You're going to have to self-fender. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's the worst. I think option. you'd only get ten dollars for him. Nah, he'd bring in a pretty penny. <laughs> a pretty he's a penny. He's a pretty pup, so he'd get a pretty he's, penny. He's kind of cute. He's not even. That's that hurtful cute. to me. That's hurtful <laughs> to me. Just taking it too far. Too it's good far. Thing, it's a good thing Fender's not in here. Otherwise, he might cry. And then I'd feel really. <laughs> That's why bad. he's not in here. He, listen, he was going to come in here. He heard you, and he's like, oh. no. And turned and walked away, sad. So tail in between his legs. <laughs> but in case you did not know, Teen Chat Podcast is a video game podcast where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. You want to get in contact with us? Well, send us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our iTunes and YouTube channels. If you want to support the show, you can do that as well by going to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where as for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, and in return, we will give you a cool perk, like getting the episode early before its general Tuesday release, and access to our private Discord server. All right, well, we don't know the song contest for this week, because like I said, we're having to pre-record a little bit, so uh, you would have already seen who won at the beginning of this episode, or if nobody did... Uh, the game is, uh, what was the game? You never oh, sent it to no, me yet, actually. I didn't send it to you. The game was Abzu. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> one of the first few that I like launched out as a guest when Dylan sent it his, and my first one for Echo was right. And then I was like, Abzu! Yep. And I was like, oh, how funny would that be? Would That's a game same I've, been, one twice? I've been meaning to play uh, Abzu. I think it, it came out as a PS Plus game a couple months ago, so it I got did. it then. Oh, good. So you do have yeah, it. Yeah, so I do have it, because it, it's the same... It's Austin Wintory, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. they released the soundtrack on like one of those cool collector's vinyl editions, blah, blah, blah. It's nice. a gorgeous soundtrack. 10 out of 10 would recommend. If you like the music of Journey, you're going to love the music of Abzu. Nice. Abzu. Everybody loves it. Yeah. I need to listen to that one. Yeah. So that is the the one for this one. Uh, congratulations to whoever won. If anyone did, I don't know yet. It had better be Dylan. He had better just start guessing. <laughs> just, <laughs> just turns every, it around. It's a switching every and you're water just listing all the C games. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's stick around to the end of this episode when I will be giving a hint for the song contest for this week. Someday it will be The Little Mermaid's Undersea Adventure, a game probably on PlayStation 2. I can't prove it. But yeah, it's got to be. There's, they, be they, you there. know, they had Aladdin games. They had all this stuff. Surely there's a Little Mermaid game. I could just use the Little Mermaid level from Kingdom Hearts. There you go. What was I thinking? Lost a rare opportunity. Oh. You just blew it. So ashamed. Of <laughs> Backtrack. Backtrack. <laughs> the game is Little Mermaid. The game is Little Mermaid. <laughs> All right. Well, the, today's topic is of one that we have been looking forward to doing for a while now, ever since we played through the first couple episodes of Life is Strange. And so it is today is our total and very spoiler-heavy overview of the entire 
Life is Strange Season 1. It's the Life is Strange-isode. The Life is Strange-isode. Indeed. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 so we're going to be talking dun, dun. about literally uh, episodes 1 through 5, as many decisions, choices and consequences, and their outcomes yep. as we possibly can. So anybody that hasn't finished the game yet, uh, we're going to be going more or less in order. So we're going to do episodes 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. So if you just want to cut it off wherever you might be uh, pausing at or wherever you haven't gotten through to, that's fine. And then you can come back later finish it up listen to the rest of our all of our personal mm-hmm. choices and what we thought about it yep. because we both loved the game we already talked about life is strange a little bit a couple of episodes ago yeah yeah so we did it so for those of you who might be listening first time we did an episode when after we had played the first uh episodes one and two because we wanted to get into it before life is strange before the storm came out obviously now that's been out for a couple weeks by this point when you're listening to this and uh so because we had never played it. It had been on our list for a while, and we were like, hey, let's let's play this, see what it's about. And so we got through the first two episodes at least just to give us enough to know, like, are we going to like this game? What about this game do we like? What do we not like? And all that. And so now that we're sitting here at the at the end, we've both of us have completed all five episodes. It's time to really get down and dirty into this game and just talk about it all so much. Because I have to say, starting it off with this – and okay – Warning now. Spoilers are in full effect. Spoilers. They're coming hot. They're coming fast. All right. This game blew me out of the fucking water. I know, right? It, like, I knew it was going to be good because I was like, that's exactly the kind of game that I'm always looking for. But right. I really didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Me and when I can't wait for us to get to episode five because episode oh five God. was wild. It was absolutely a, a crazy ride. Oh, it was amazing. So let's start then back at episode one, which we've okay. already talked a little bit about. Episode so, one is Chrysalis. Yes, episode one, Chrysalis is really the... Uh, uh, essentially, we already discussed this. The episodes kind of go in chronological order of days in a week yep. for our title character, Max Caulfield. Mm-hmm. So Max Caulfield is a teenage girl. I believe she's 18. She goes to a private art school, Blackwell Academy. Which became much more obvious. I know this was a question in the first, in, in our first episode. I was like, is this college or high school? It became much more obvious it was high school. So it's, it's like high a boarding school. school. Yeah. Okay. It's a fancy boarding school, exactly. Yeah. They have on-campus dormitories, blah, blah, blah. So it's a bunch of 18-year-olds that are also artsy hashtag the worst all living at school together and so this cast of characters is very well fleshed out around max in terms of the authority figures like the security guards principals teachers blah 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 and of course the other students so we open the entire game on a storm scene We're Mm -hmm. just sort of planted right into a storm scene. It's Max, and she's kind of waking up from, like, being uh, passed out, I guess, in the middle of this horrendous storm. Has no idea what's going on. She has no idea what's going on. She's very disoriented. She's trying to get out of the storm, walks up to this little cliffside where the lighthouse is, sees a massive tornado, and it just kind of cuts from there. And then suddenly Max Caulfield is just back in class, Mm -hmm. and she's like, what? happen was that a dream blah 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 yep and then we really kind of start her school adventure from there so first and foremost how many tries did it take you to get that damn question right at the very beginning of class that you had to re-answer eight thousand times yeah i think i had to rewind that one um shoot maybe three four times i think to get that one that was the thing about it too like figuring out that and again a a thing we've talked about on this is the rewind ability is obviously which we which you discover max discovers that she has in this 
uh, in this. Oh no, wait, she doesn't discover it then because she's in the class. She's in the class. She goes through the class and right. you know gets the answer wrong. The teacher gets frustrated at her. Uh, she leaves, winds up going to the bathroom, and then that's where she sees uh, the standoff with between Nathan Prescott and Chloe. Exactly, Chloe Price, even though she doesn't know it's Chloe yet. That's right. Um, and that's when she discovers, uh, you know, briefly moving to it because I don't want to get too caught up on like the actual like plot lines as much as the the characters and decisions of this. But like, so she goes into the bathroom, uh, you know, upset about how the class went and everything, and then the uh, school bully. Whatever, all around douchebag. Nathan all Pres- around douchebag. Nathan Prescott. <laughs> Nathan Prescott comes into the bathroom and is like psyching himself up, and so uh, Max hides, and then this other girl comes into the bathroom and starts confronting Nathan. And course of events, Nathan pulls a gun on her and winds up shooting her. And then, w- and when that happens, you know, Chloe reaches, reaches out, and re- I mean, Max reaches out and reacts to that, and realizes that she has the ability to kind of revert to reverse time, basically. And so she reverses time back to the classroom. And then, yeah, like is able to change the events of the classroom, answer the question correctly, you know, through more trial and error in the conversation, which was neat that this was just a, a cool thing. You could go back and finesse even conversations, yeah. not actions that happened in the exactly. game, but even mon- small conversations, you could go and change the outcome and then it would show you like, oh, this is the right answer, you know, and, yeah. all that. and so you can make bend these situations to best suit you. Um, it's never really required though. No, so except you can for completely a few, go through without rewinding exactly, if you needed to. Except for a few key conversations, uh, and for example, when certain actions will kind of pause on that black and white screen. That's yep. like you can't proceed with that decision in the game. You right. have to. You, you have, have to, to rewind. You have to fix it. But the vast majority of the decisions uh, don't have a defined bad outcome that results in that black and white screen. Mm-hmm. Most of them do have just options. So there's just different branching choices that you can make throughout the game. And Jared and I haven't actually talked to each other about a lot of those de- uh, decisions that we made past episode two. Yeah. So we're going to be comparing and contrasting our own choices uh, with what I hope is going to be a lot of difference. I'm excited to hear where we kind of wound up. Yeah. So episode one, it takes us more or less through Max and Chloe uh, reuniting as friends. So the very basic backstory is Max and Chloe were childhood best friends. They knew each other extremely well. Then Max moved away to Seattle, I yeah. think it was. And I'm not, they didn't really explain why she just I think did. Her parents just moved. Yeah. But, uh, so Max did not, yeah. Max didn't write or communicate with Chloe at all during the five years that she was away. So she's kind of back and she's like, I hope we're still friends. And well, in like she that, didn't even recognize Chloe. Yeah, in the she bathroom. didn't even recognize her because in the time that Max has been gone, Chloe's entire life has really just kind of gone down the drain. Um, mm-hmm. her father was killed in a car accident. Her mother is kind of re. She's not remarried to this guy David yet, but they're no, I thought kind she of. Is. Oh, are they? Married? Yeah, they are. Oh, never mind. Okay, yeah. So she's remarried to this complicated character, David. Yeah, he's not all bad, but he's also not all good. And so Chloe hates her stepfather, calls him her step douche, mm-hmm. and uh, so her life is just very complex. There's heavy implications that she's into drugs. I mean, she is, she She smokes smokes a lot of weed, but there might also be some other stuff in the background that maybe we're not getting the full picture on. She's caught up with some sketchy characters on the side, blah, blah, blah. And one of her very good friends, most likely girlfriend, Rachel has also gone missing. Yeah. In that time. Which so before you interact with Chloe, you see missing exactly. missing person posters everywhere yes. with Rachel's face on it. So you know that this is a backstory. And you kind of think that – see that some people have been missing before. This Rachel is just the most recent 
Yes. Incident of this. So you know there's a missing girl. You know that Chloe was very good friends, a.k.a. girlfriends with her. And that's kind of where you're re-kicking off your friendship with Chloe. Mm -hmm. So you go forward, and I think in episode one, you do initially meet David. Is that right? Yeah, you do. Because uh, you meet – no, you don't meet David at the house. You meet him in uh, the – Because he's the security guard. guard, So you meet him – at uh oh right when you come out of the bathroom because he gets mad at you for not leaving for not leaving right because you set the fire alarm to save chloe that's right i forgot about that yes okay so you set the fire alarm and this kind of brings you to one of the first real decisions that you make because david gets mad at you and he's like get out of here like he doesn't accuse you per se of setting off the fire alarm he just suspects you right but he's very paranoid yeah he's a very paranoid guy uh but as you're exiting you run across the principal principal wells Mm -hmm. and he you you have the opportunity to tell him either, hey, I was just in the bathroom and I saw Nathan Prescott holding a gun and waving it at somebody else, or you can just – because he notices that something is wrong. He's right. like, do you want to tell me what's wrong, kiddo? You know, classic principal behavior. Yep. So you can either tell him what happened or you can choose to not say anything. Now, I chose tell him what happened because I too. was like, that Nathan guy's a prick. Well, well, we need to get him set, in jail. This one sets you up. It's like uh, obviously you're like someone's having a gun in school. Yes, I need to say something about yeah. this. You know, so – but then you – once you tell the principal, he's like – uh, no, that doesn't make sense at all because yeah. the Prescotts you find out then from that conversation are this wealthy family who donate a shitload of money to Blackwell Academy. And so, you know, they're pretty much the special family yeah. and, and Nathan is given special treatment, you know, um, cause as you learn more throughout the thing, like, the, anytime Nathan might be getting in any kind of trouble, his father will intervene, intervene and saves people him. Off, yeah, so blackmails people, exactly. blah blah blah. So the entire Prescott family basically very untouchables. And but yeah, and you get the idea that oh yeah, and so you can obviously see why this Nathan guy feels like he can walk around with a gun in, in school. Um, and so, which that that whole th- the first interaction was the first thing where I was like, oh, this game's not going to be what I thought it was. Yeah, because like I said in the first episode, we talked about this. Just from the art style and everything, I thought Life is Strange, like, I thought it was going to be a, you know, it was obviously going to be that I knew, like, the basics of the, of the game, but I didn't think it was going to handle such mature subject matter yeah. as this game does. I mean, and towards the end of the game, it gets wild. Yeah. So just kind of briefly wrapping up episode one, when you leave school, you go back and you get to interact a little bit with some of the other characters. So you get to interact with the female version of Nathan, Victoria. Yeah. So Victoria Chase, I think is her name, is kind of the school prima donna. Yes. So she's also from a very wealthy family, but she's also a very talented artist. Mm-hmm. So she actually does belong at Blackwell. But she's a huge bitch about it. Yeah. So it's like you have no feelings really of kindness for her. You're just like fuck off, Victoria. But see, I God. was always nice for her because I felt really? nice to her because I felt that was Max's. Oh my gosh, no! I was always so mean to her. Really? I was like, fuck you, Victoria. Okay, so did you let the paint hit her? And I then let the paint hit her, and, and then I took the picture of her and I made fun of her. <laughs> I didn't see. I uh, I did not take a picture of her, but then I like comforted her about it. Uh, I mean, that was one of the smaller decisions. It Ob- was obviously you have to cover her with paint so that you could get into the dormitory. That yeah. was like one of the things that you had to do and one of the little like puzzles that you had to figure out. Um, but 
But then, yeah, the, but then I was like, hey, you know, you don't need to be this way. I was like, I'm going to post this on our version of Facebook. Blah, blah, blah. You actually didn't get to, but like no. you took the, no, wait, you did. Oh, you did? Yes, because you take the picture of Victoria, and then I'm pretty sure you posted on like their version of Facebook. Oh, shit. And she's like, yeah, bitch. And it's like, ha, ha, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely played the less mature Max Caulfield. Oh, see, I took the high road. <laughs> I did not take the high road. I was like, low road the whole way. <laughs> Um, okay, so so then you wind up. Uh, oh, but then you're in the parking lot. Uh, Nathan tries to confront you, but he's fought off by your other friend Warren, who kind of uh, protects you. Then when that happens, Chloe speeds up in a truck. You jump in. You both have this moment of oh shit! Like you're Chloe, yeah. you're Max. They reconnect, and then they uh, wind up telling Max winds up telling Chloe about what she saw and how she feel she discovered this power that she saved her in the bathroom. And so they, they then make it their mission to a find Rachel because they feel like it's fate that's brought them together and then b figure out how to prevent the storm or to save uh, yeah. because it's like a big enough storm. It's going to destroy the damn town. Yeah. So uh, so that's kind of where episode one ends is you just kind of like the basically it's the the, the preface to the story of, this, you know, of, of just like here's where we sit and now let's let's move forward. It's the catalyst right. to getting things done. Um, and kind of through the background of episode one leading into episode two, you see a lot of activity that's kind of suspicious surrounding security guard David and mm-hmm. one of the students, Kate Marsh. Now, Kate Marsh is very much painted as this ultra-religious student. She comes from a very religious Christian family. You find uh, eventually some notes and letters uh, which would lead you to believe that her family, her father is very supportive of her, but the majority of the rest of her family has a very judgmental, condemning tone whenever they're talking to her about stuff. So you can tell that she's in distress. She's also a very popular target for bullying. A lot of students at the school are very mean to Kate Marsh all the time, and you do very much try to befriend her and take on a supportive role for her, which in episode two is one of the key uh, decisions and eventually outcomes that you do come across. Right. So, uh, so let's see here. Let's just go over some of the brief ones. Um, we might need to speed up how much we're going in detail on these yeah, episodes gotta, to be able to get through it. Up. So, <laughs> uh, long, let's long see. One. So we, so we both told Principal Wells. Um, you made fun of Victoria. I comforted Victoria. <laughs> we have a list of all the like because this is the other cool thing that I that I love that this game did is it listed out all the choices at yeah. the end of each episode and it shows how you pr- chose as opposed to how everyone else chose. Like and I feel like for the most time I was on par. Like I seem to be picking what the majority of people did. There were a couple ones later on in the episodes where I don't remember what which I mean we'll probably get to it later. But I was. But where I was like, oh, more people chose that, or yeah. I didn't. Or, I couldn't believe that more people chose to not make fun of Victoria. She's so mean. <laughs> some people just like the high road more than the low road. Moving. What a bitch! God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continue. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I took. What did I do? I intervened to help Kate when she was being confronted by the security guard. Did yes. You, you, so you, did too. you do get this one small scene between David and Kate where David is like clearly trying to confront and force a confession from her about something and you can either just take a picture of the scene and not intervene or you can intervene and not get the picture right so i did not get the picture um and then oh and then when you're at uh chloe's house later david confronts you about smoking marijuana because like uh chloe was did you take the blame or did you i did take the blame i, I was like it was me i'm on drugs sir. you can kind of t- you can kind of tell that like this was not going to go well for chloe and so, actually like, one of the that that particular interaction was one of the first that had many different outcomes i yeah. don't know how many times you rewound that scene i think i rewound it 
maybe three times because I definitely I started with these when I realized that there would be the big decision ones, yeah. which would only give you two options, and it like specifically like freezes the game kind of while you're deciding and choosing what to do, which was I thought was a really cool one because you have like the minor conversation. Uh, choices which you can always go back and change too but then there are always in some conversations there will be these major ones like yeah how you choose in this one will readily affect the outcome of exactly. the game later on um and so for those i sometimes would play through both options and then rewind to see like how i yeah. feel which, to help me weigh my options because this is the big thing that we talked about before with this game is some of these decisions were not easy to make on either no, way. Sometimes all decisions were bad. Yeah. It's just like, oh man, there's no good way out of this. Right. And so it, it, it always kind of like, cause like with this one, you could be like, uh, no, sir, I did not smoke this pot. But then, it, but then Chloe gets in trouble and you can kind of tell that David is very hard on Chloe. And so, but then if you as a friend, he's not going to be as hard on you. So like, I, that's why I took it. I was like, okay, I'm going to save Chloe this time and like, yeah. you know, help her out here and, you know, give her a break from this guy. And so that's why I took the heat for, for smoking the pot. Um, but. And then I don't know if you remember, but in that same conversation, one of the things that David is also accusing Chloe of is, hey, did you take my gun? Yeah. And so she's like, no, I didn't take your gun. And then the whole scene plays out. And I stood up for Chloe. I was like, no, I'm the one that was smoking the weed, blah, blah, blah. And then David leaves and Chloe's like, oh, by the way, I totally did take the gun. Here it is. And that kind of made me regret my decision a little bit. I was like, oh, no, Chloe, even though she is one of the primary protagonists and your best friend in the game she's not a perfect person by no, any means definitely not and they she's do very hot-headed very just she's like very picks fights with everybody yes granted she's had a hard life you know in the last few years but still like she yeah. she brings a lot of it on herself she, she, she does. won't shut up sometimes. and and really that's kind of one of the most interesting points of the game is that they didn't make her or max even perfect characters no. which i think makes it extremely more interactive to play through yeah so we both took the blame for chloe yep um and then Okay, so that's pretty much of all the major choices in this one. Now, so this is a thing that got slightly that was um when I it got slightly annoying to me was with the minor decisions because it also those are the major ones which are what we were just talking about that it really impact the story. But the minor decisions, there are some that I missed, like had no idea that was even there was even an option to do it. Like uh, with this one signing uh, the science teacher's pe- petition. I didn't know you could do that either i didn't either and i was like i wanted to sign because the security guard is trying to get this thing going where like he can put uh, video cameras all over the school to help patrol and keep it safe this one science teacher thinks it's not a good idea and she's doing a petition to try to fight it and it comes up several times later in the game like hey well because you didn't help miss grant i was like i didn't even know that was a choice yeah like i remember seeing her putting the petition up on the board but i don't remember it giving you the option to sign the petition or even thought that i was like i got gypped man yeah and that was way back in episode one so like you never had a chance to fix it there's another one a couple some later that i was just like oh like this one too let daniel draw your portrait i was like i didn't run into that one there's another one later in episode four no i didn't even know that was an option another one in like episode four i think with like something about warning a homeless lady who's sleeping in a oh you missed that one yeah jump (laughs) yeah i didn't i did i missed that one and then i saw it i was like what the hell like uh when it got to the end of the chapter i was like wait wait what what this so actually, sense. I think that must that was a decision that you could make in episode two, actually. Oh, really? Because when you're at the 
to Whale's Diner with Chloe and you're really sitting down to talk about Max's power, before you enter the diner, you can go around it to the back side yeah, of the see, building. Yeah, see, I didn't do that at all. And if you do, you find this homeless lady back there and you can start up a conversation with her and you're like, she's, she seems like kind of really wise. She's older. So she's like this older homeless lady. She might be a little crazy, but not too far gone. So Max is having this surprisingly cordial conversation with her. And at the end of the conversation, you can choose to tell her about your vision or you cannot. And yeah. I was like, hey, homeless lady, just FYI, I'm also crazy and psychic and there's a storm coming. And she's like, thanks, kid. I'm out of here. And you're like, saved, saving the world, one homeless person at a time. <laughs> so, so she leaves and that later comes through in episodes four and five. Yeah. So that one, uh, that one didn't work out so well for me. Oh, uh, but you got her killed. Yeah, I did. Wait, so do you actually find her dead? Oh my god, you're a monster! I know. <laughs> so in episode five, jumping around a little bit here, uh, when the storm does actually come to Arcadia Bay, you uh, go to the diner because you're going to rescue Warren and Chloe's mom. And yeah, I was. You help a few other people, like other people in danger. Yeah. Uh, which I was able to help all those people and save them from it. But then, yeah, I find like the homeless lady. I'm like, oh, shit. You this is what I was suck. supposed to warn her about. <laughs> but yeah, see, so that was a little like, uh, that was something I was like, well, damn it. If I had known that was a thing. But of course, that's just because I didn't explore the area yeah. as much. So moving into episode two, then. The big thing about episode two, so you have more things, you're discovering more, unlocking more of the mystery of this. But the big thing in where our two games totally changed for us. Yeah. So the main focus of, of episode two is that Kate Marsh, a video of her came, came out from online that she attended this school party for this, uh, the Vortex Club is what it's called. And at this party, a video was taken of her like really like drunk or drugged out of her mind. She's making out with people all over the place. And so this video got posted online. She's getting publicly shamed everywhere. That's why David was getting after her in the episode one, uh, trying to figure out more things about her. And, Ultimately, this culminates at the end of episode two with her standing on the roof of the dormitory about to throw herself off. Correct. And so you initially come upon the dormitory scene. You kind of walk into it as it's occurring because right. you see this crowd. Everybody Actually, starts freaking out. You're, you're, in, in you're in class. Yeah. And I think it's Warren Busson. He's like, some crazy shit's going down to the girls' dorm. And the teacher even tries to like keyboard her and everybody's like, nope, we out. So like everybody leaves to go see what's happening and you get to outside the girls' dorm and you see Kate Marsh way up on top of the building. And you see She even her. jumps. She even jumps before you can get up there. But Max rewinds time. Time. And this is really kind of the first time that she exercises her power to sort of freeze time. Because yeah. when she rewinds it, she keeps time frozen with Kate on top of the building as she kind of fights her way through the crowd and eventually up to the roof. Right. And then you unfreeze time. And you're already up there. And Kate turns around. She's like, how'd you get up here? And you just kind of gloss over that. You're like, don't worry it's about it. Important. It's not important. <laughs> I was in my room, heard you up here, so I yeah. thought I'd just run. So then you're trying to basically, you're literally trying to talk Kate down from the ledge. Mm -hmm. And you want to kind of summarize what the options are so basically that you go through all these different things trying to convince her that like no it's not a big deal we'll, you know we're gonna help you. oh because you have a conversation with her in her dorm earlier where she's wanting to go like she you're where you're basically like she's think, asking you what you she should do like should i go to the police because she's pretty sure nathan prescott had something to do with yeah. it. she woke she remembers like him leaving with her so you're like oh fuck that dude drugged her and did who knows what else. Well, what and so you, and so, but she, and so she knows that something's wrong, but obviously nobody believes her. Her family doesn't believe her because they've seen this video and now think she's just a, this wild child who's abandoned all of her beliefs and principles. And so she, you have to, be, you, and in this conversation, she's like, what should I do? Should I go to the police or whatever? And you have to tell her, like, do you, 
go to the police or not yet. I'm trying to gather evidence. And this was the first decision, I think, that really I was just like, oh, shit, this is morally gray. Yeah. Because <laughs> you either – if you tell her go to the police, that's just – you know because of what you've seen with Nathan Prescott and how he's you know, seemingly unhinged. You know he has a gun, but that was never taken care of. You don't know what he's going to do in, re- in regard to that. So you could be – so you feel like you could be putting her in more danger because – by telling her to do that option. But then the other option of doing, of saying like, no, not yet could be taking away from her the chance to get the help she needs. Yeah. That one I was very conflicted on because I just couldn't decide. Like, I think I ultimately I did go with no, like, don't tell anyone. We, you know, let's get more more evidence. But I remembered leaving her room and it's like, God, I'm going to feel bad if she winds up killing herself. Yeah. And then it got to that scene and I was like, oh, God. Now, it's worth mentioning that in either case, she still would have wound up on the roof. Right, But those, whichever decision you made initially, go to the police or don't go to the police, that affects your conversation outcomes with Kate once she is eventually on the roof. And so so when it got to the roof, I did have that – we both did, I guess, had the very hard task of being like, no, like we're – like I'm working on it. I know that I believe you. I really do. Like, and then because of the th- things you found earlier about like uh, her supportive father, you can be like, you know, your father, your father loves you, and all this stuff. But damn it, if there were three times, I was like, she's like, okay, I'm gonna come with you. I believe you, and then she would just immediately turn around and be like, but all this, I'm still gonna jump. I'm like, no. So I was able to eventually wind up talking her down. I didn't. So yeah. this is where our experiences in the game really diverge. Uh, I I must have missed a piece of evidence in Kate's room. I'm assuming it was her Bible because eventually I got to this yeah, conversation I went to, piece I, got, I was able to use a Bible where verse. she's like, oh yeah, but blah, blah, blah. And then your counterpoints are each Bible verses. And I was like, oh shit, I haven't, <laughs> I don't have a Bible on hand. And also I haven't read the Bible. I don't know what any of these are because they're basically options like, oh, Matthew one twelve or Psalms, something, Proverbs, something. something, Proverbs. And I, I think I picked the one that was a quote from Matthew and so I read that one to her and she was like well not good enough jump and I was like no yeah which, so I effed it up and Kate died so at the end of my episode it really kind of closes episode two out on a very somber tone everybody's really sad but you also get the sense that hey the entire school kind of drove her to commit suicide right so for me it only a it deepened the severity of the situation and deepened the mystery of how did she wind up at that party what was she on? She mentioned this mysterious, she mentioned kind of being in an out of it state, but she remembers being in a white room that Nathan took her to. And we don't really know what happened there. And that does later come back in a very big way. Right. So episode two really closes out with more mystery than ever for me. If you save her, how does it end for you? It still ends with like, the, the biggest difference is then everyone's always talking to you. Like you get text messages from your family and friends and all that. Everybody's like applauding you, like saying like you're the hero of Blackwell, hero of Arcadia Bay, all this wow. stuff getting like, everyone's like, Oh, this is great. And you're obviously very uncomfortable with it. Like I was just trying to help my friend. Like this is very, because Max is a very shy, uh, yeah. res- reserved girl. And so all this un- undue attention to her is making her feel like very, she's just like, like I'm glad I was able to save her, but there's still something else big going on here gotcha. that we need to be focusing on, which is the Prescott's and where the hell is Rachel Amber? Because gotcha. as things going on now in the story, you're realizing that the two are more interconnected than you originally thought. Yeah. 
Uh, one of the sadder things of if you don't save Kate is that Kate's father somehow gets your phone number. Oh, damn. And he sends you these really nice texts. Like, he's not mad at you at all. You can tell that he's an amazing guy. He's like, I know you tried to help my daughter. Just wanted to say how much we appreciate everything you tried to do for Kate. She's with God now, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, bleh. <laughs> like, damn, crying, that's hard. Like, crying over these texts. And then even later in the game, like in episodes three and four and five, you'll continue to get texts from him because it's just a matter of dates. Right. And he'll be like, hey, by the way, Kate's funeral service is on blah date at blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then, you know, as um, as Max, you have to be like, yeah, I'll be there. And it was just horrible. I was just like, I failed. Yeah. <laughs> so I very much felt like that was a failure for me. And I, but I didn't go back. You know, I didn't try to train. Do you it. even have the ability to? If you wanted to do save, uh, save, oh, save file swapping, okay. you technically could. But I was like, no, I made my decision. Yeah, this game, I have to stick with it. <laughs> this is one. It was very similar. Like, and this is the parallel I drew. It, it, you know, it applies a whole lot of the minor decisions have things with like the butterfly effect. You know, yep. it's like the small thing you change affects something in the future. Very similar to like how I was talking about with Until Dawn. And, um, and so the, oh, I lost my point where I was going with that. But, um, so, so, oh, so my, my thing is, is once I made and like finally decided on the decision, I didn't revert back to, to going back into because I wanted it to play out how I feel like this is how it should play out, like on gut and things like that. Um, so in episode three, then it picks up and I don't, the biggest thing of episode three is you're still, cause you know, there's all the details about it as you're uncovering more about Rachel Amber and uh, the Prescott's and learning more, you come to find that Rachel Amber was friends or Chloe is indebted to this. Oh, in episode two, you wind up saving Chloe from that train. Cause you go to the junk, oh, yeah. cause you go to the junkyard right. and, and where you learn more, more info about Chloe and Rachel. And you do realize they were very, very close friends, possibly in a relationship with each other. I'm sure that will be more explored yeah. in before the storm. Um, and so all this is going on and then, you know, it, it, that isn't as small thing. Although I will say, what did you wind up doing with the train? Did, how did what you did solve I it? Do? I accidentally, not accidentally, I intentionally wound up moving the track to like, it kind of got broken somehow. Like I kind of broke the track. I and kicked down was, the wire spool and it yes, ran over the lever. Yes. And it was able to change the tracks or whatever, but then correct. And then they were just like, "Oh, they'll have to shut down the t- the lumber mill or something like that." Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And like, eventually, you meet some trucker, and he's like, "God damn, train broke. Now yeah. I'm stuck here." Blah blah blah. That was in episode five because <laughs> you saved the trucker in the tornado, and so um, which I was like, "Oh, that's a, cool, a fun thing." And like, in a, another small example of that is. Uh, if you're in Chloe's room one time messing around with the first time you're in a room, I accidentally broke her snow globe. I did too. And I didn't fix it. I didn't fix it either. But then it comes back later. It's the snow globe that her dad gave her. Oh. So, so then I felt like a huge dick. Oh, I was like, God damn. I was like, oh, well, lol. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I felt real bad about that one. Now, something that we probably should bring up is that really it kind of comes more into play in episodes three and on is that kind of in each episode, you keep getting an example of very unusual weather. Yes. So in episode one, at the end of episode one, you and Chloe, I think, are on the cliff overlooking mm-hmm. a sunset. And it's like getting it's getting into fall but end of summer right where they are in oregon and suddenly in a clear blue day it starts to snow yes and sam and not sam uh, max and chloe are kind of both like huh it's snowing okay this is weird this is weird and then at the beginning of episode two kind of the big hot news is hey did you see it was snowing yesterday that was weird yeah and then at the end of episode two you're sitting with warren in my case 
Uh, Kate has just killed herself. So you're kind of sitting outside on the stairs, obviously very sad. Warren comes to kind of try to comfort you. And as you're looking out over the sunset, an eclipse comes. Yeah. So you're still with and, Warren. Yeah. Um, in, in, when it, you know, gotcha. if you save Kate, you're still with Warren, and then you notice the eclipse, and he's like, "What? Whoa, man!" Because Warren, every, yeah, so, Warren's so brief a thing, science nerd. Yeah, he's a science nerd. He's also like very obviously you can tell he's into you, and he's like keeps inviting you to go see Planet of the Apes at the drive-in, and you accept or yeah. I accepted. At least. I accepted too. I was like, "Yeah, I like movies. I, this like guy movies seems okay." Cool. Planet of the Apes is great. It's a great film. Uh, and so yeah, so he's like trying to comfort you, and like like earlier in episode one, he saves you from Nathan Prescott. Uh, so he's just kind of this, you know, he's like your loyal companion who follows yeah. you around wherever you go. Yeah. Um, but so he, and really the big news of episode three then is, Hey, did you guys see that eclipse? Yeah. There wasn't one scheduled and now everybody's really concerned and the entire scientific community around the world, because clearly the rest of the world is also picking up on this. So it's not like contained just Arcadia right. Bay because everybody's like, wow, even NASA can't explain why there was an unscheduled eclipse the other day. Yep. And then in episode three i think is where you get that instance of all the beached whales so i yes. think it's at the end yeah, of episode yeah. three is beached whales and dead birds right yes yeah yes because uh there's a scene where you're coming upon the two di- the two whales diner and you see all of these dead birds all over the place and you're like this is creepy yeah and then at the end of episode three as you're kind of on the bus driving past the ocean you see outside in this very beautiful golden hour sunlit scape all of these massive dead whales yeah. washed up on the beach and you're like what it, and really that kind of brings you to the overall problem of chaos theory, which is a yeah. huge point of the game. So essentially by That's even alter- chapter three's name. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter three's name is chaos theory. So as Max has been altering time, it's having a very real world effect of things are going wrong right. in a big way. And so it, you do get the sense that all of these smaller environmental events are leading up to the storm that you already know is coming from your future visions yep so episode three you know it's carrying on now from this you're either dealing with the fallout of kate's death or the you know the the fact that you saved her and so all this is going on and but the big thing with episode three that came out is you discover you have a new power which you are able to like because you pick up this photograph and it's a photograph of you and chloe as younger kids and you realize that like you're getting some kind of like like you're hearing something or like uh picking up a signal I guess is the best way to say it from that photograph. And you're like, wait, so can I like see something about this picture, analyze this picture in time? And you're able to, you unlock this new ability where you're able to focus on this image on an image and then transport yourself to that time. Exactly. So basically Max is holding the photo in her hand and she just kind of concentrates with all of her mental might on it. And that literally takes her back in time to her what? 12? Yeah, 12, maybe 13, 13 year old she self. she must have been 13 year old self. But still coherent about yeah. her present. So she still has all of her present day mental faculties, but she's back in the original scene where she and Chloe were in Chloe's parents' kitchen mm-hmm. and they're just having cooking a nice time before school cooking breakfast. And then Chloe's dad, who you know dies in a car accident, goes to leave to pick up Chloe's mom from the grocery store. Because you know that from this picture, it's like the last picture you took before that happened exactly. and all that. And you know he's going to die. 
die. Yeah. Like you already know this is the day he dies. Yep. If I let him walk out that door, he's going to die. So you go through this whole sequence of saving Chloe's dad. You're like, I'm going to save William. So you hide his keys. You make sure that he can't I get into that, the like, car. I did like three times because yeah. I, did, I finally figured out, oh, I have to drop his keys in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, oh, for me, I threw them outside. Oh, really? You can drop them down the sink. Yeah. Just because <laughs> yeah. I hit him first in like some like cracker box or something. And I was like, I hit, ah. in a, I hit them in a plant. And yeah. then he uses like the retriever and, and it's I was like, like, oh, well, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, well, th- this isn't fair. I didn't know you were going to have this new there technology. Were that many options. That's so yeah, so, so cool. I just dropped mine in the sink. And so that, yeah, I didn't know you could throw it I outside. I threw mine outside. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so if you obviously, you have to end this particular sequence with successfully hiding the keys. Mm-hmm. You can't proceed with this time travel by letting William walk out the door. Yeah. In any case, you save him. He doesn't find his keys. You flash forward to the future and kind of at the end of that whole childhood sequence, Max, she's not explicitly saying, Chloe, I just saved your dad's life. Yeah. But she's like, Chloe, we're awesome. We're awesome. And Chloe's like, why are you being weird? Yeah, she's like, uh, then, we just made pancakes. Like, I, I yeah. mean, another good. So but. then you kind of flash forward to the future where you get to presumably uh, see the consequences of that action. Well, it's like like you're at Blackwell because that's where you see the picture in your room and you find and that's where you discover this. You know, you're not with Chloe, I don't think, at this point when you f- originally figured out that you can do this, but then you like, okay, uh, you, you know, you wake up, you come back out of it, and you're like, oh my God, I just saved William. Like, I got to go see Chloe and like talk to her about it and see William and all this. And it does this thing too. At, after do, after it does this and you affect a time period from the past, it like has all these photographs come up and it shows like with yes. like, how it happened in this, uh, and now that you changed it, the picture will change to show yes. you what your action influenced. So it shows them all uh, continuing to be a happy family together. Like they all go to Paris on a trip that they you, you see that they had been planning. Um, all of the photos of David and Chloe's mom disappear. disappear They're replaced by with, just ones with William and them as a family and stuff like that. And so all these things happen. So yeah, you you get out of your dorm and like, oh my god, I gotta go see Chloe. You go and. The bus pulls up. Dude, this messed me up. This did too. This is when I was this like, is when, shit has gotten real. Oh yeah. Like this, like the episode, the ending of episode two was like episode one. I was like, okay, I'm into this. I'm really excited yeah. about where this is going. Episode two. I was like, that is heavy, yeah. but I'm still super sold into this. Episode three. It was, is when I was like, Ooh, oh my no. God. Like you realize that it's not, this gonna is not end all well. good. It's not all good. And so, because you get to the bus, the bus pulls up. David is the bus driver. He's not a security guard. Yeah, yeah. So he's not a security guard and anymore. Like, you changed his what? life quite a bit. Okay. Uh, and so then you go through the town. I don't think you notice much else. Do you still see, you still I see the beached that's whales? That's the sequence with the whales. Yeah, you still see the beached whales. Yeah. Um, or yeah, maybe that's the first time you see the whales. I think that's the first time you see them. And so then you go and you go to Chloe's house and sure enough, her dad opens the door and you're like, oh my God, you're I like, did it. William, because you think he's dead. I mean, for you, he's been dead for five years. So you're like, this is great. And then he's like, I'm so glad you've come to see Chloe. Yeah. You know, she doesn't get many visitors. And you're like, um. Okay. And then he kind of calls to Chloe and she comes. It's this really dramatic scene. Oh, yeah. She comes to the door and you realize. And you see Max first. You see Max's reaction and Max yeah. reacts like, like, you know, gasps, like, yeah, draws breath. Yeah, I think breath. she might even put, yeah, put her, her hands, hands over, over her, her mouth. Because... And she's like, oh, Chloe. And then it flashes to a view of Chloe. She is full body paralyzed in a mechanized wheelchair. She even has like the things that keep her head fully in place because she's totally like she has no motion of movement. She's completely paralyzed. You do eventually find out later that she can do things like control computers with those mouthpieces. But you know she has no ability to move anymore. And and it's it's a different Chloe, too, because she doesn't have her blue hair that she does in the previous one. She knows she's the same 
same hairstyle, but she but and she's not you know she still like has the personality of Chloe, but not as hard and yeah. not as not as coarse and everything to p- other people. Um, but she is very much, and so that's how episode three ends. And I, I was like, and I was like, <laughs> which and this is is where I will give good credit to this game. You just discovered you have this ability to go back and influence time, and when in that scene, in that scene, and in that moment, I completely forgot that was an option. Really? And I was like. Oh, so this is just how the game is from now on. Oh, you're a fool. Well, I know. But like in, in that moment, like taking it all in and seeing it, like as soon as the next episode started and, the, and things were going with that episode, I was like, oh, wait. It's I okay. I'm going to fix it. But when episode three ended, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I know. What did I just do? I was just like, I was like, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. Yeah. So it was very, it very was, impactful. It was ridiculous. And in that particular case, I think I would be very frustrated by it, but I could see the draw of episodic gaming because yes. if they had ended uh, in episode one if it had ended that way i may not have continued on with the episodes if mm-hmm. i had been doing them in their original format with episode two i probably would have continued especially if i had failed like i did to save kate i probably would have continued on yep. with the end of episode three i would have been all in like oh, yeah. there's no way that i wouldn't have continued with that game it re- it, d- it did an amazing job of fully setting the hook oh, in yeah. your cheek it was just like oh god i have to keep going and I was like, okay, I have to see this. Because now you're starting to understand more before that happens and everything. You're uncovering more of Rachel's thing. You do know that she had a run-in with Nathan now, too. Uh, you hear of this summer thing reference of a dark room, something called the dark room and all that. And you're like, uh, what's this? So now this is the second time you've heard of a room where like where Kate was held. Yeah. Now there's something, some reference of it with, with Rachel. Uh, and so – all this is happening, but no. So that moment in this is when I was like, oh, this game is something. Yeah. Like, it's shit's getting real. And just like that was, the, you know, I had been really enjoying episodes one and two, but when episode three ended, I was like, this is so good. Yeah. Like, this is when, like, I was realizing this game is something special. It's amazing. You know. So then episode four then begins, and you're still in your present reality of Chloe is paralyzed. It's my fault. So you're still in the house with Chloe, and you're just basically having a nice day with her. So episode four opens. Opens on you and Chloe walking on the beach. Mm-hmm. So Chloe is obviously in her wheelchair. She can move it because it's electronic, uh, but obviously she's having a hard time. And you and her are just talking. So through this conversation, you're kind of trying to piece together from her perspective how the past five years have been. Now that you changed time and saved William, right? So it comes to light that because you saved William, he buys Chloe a car for her 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. She then gets into a car accident, becomes fully paralyzed. Right. So you also find out through later conversations that even though she's, uh, you know, she's paralyzed, but she also has more existing medical problems on top of that. That are basically like degrading her life yeah. further. It, it's degrading her life. And her really, quality of life this further. is really kind of all just through the first half of episode four, because you eventually come to the conclusion when you're back at her house with her that you find some paperwork, you know that her lungs are collapsing. Yeah. She's basic. She's going to die. Yes. You know that she's going to die and relatively soon and so now you're faced with this thing and this is where i said the game gets even better because now you're just like all these decisions i've had before like i haven't seen the real world impact of how they what they do affect is what i'm what i'm doing with you had the little things here and there but this was the first one where you're legitimately like i fucked up time and so because now you're conflicted because you saved william you gave you know uh Chloe more time with her father uh, and her parents are still happily married and all this but now but then also you 
you feel obviously responsible for what happened yeah. to Chloe. And you also know through other documents that Chloe's family is in financial ruin. Yeah. They can't afford her astronomical medical bills. This was pre-Obamacare, so they also can't afford for all of her existing conditions. Right. So you know that the family is in severe financial distress, and eventually you get to this conversation where Chloe basically asks you, Max, help me kill myself. Yeah. So you go around. Because she knows because she, she knows that like something is bad. Like yeah. her parents haven't told her about her lungs, but she knows because she, she heard doctors. She can when, overhear them. Yeah. And so she knows that things are going and she, and she basically makes the, the argument to you that like, I've had the best time with you the last few days, this last couple, this last, uh, this last day because you spent the night with her and everything watching a movie. And she's like, you know, we've had fun. We've laughed just like we did. Cause apparently in this timeline, it's the, first time you've seen her since coming yeah. back so but in this timeline you did write her a ton of letters that's true so even though you didn't see her in the five years because you had still moved away you were in very much in correspondence with her right. and apparently you were her only friend that kept tabs on her kept up with her mm. so you're still very much a part of chloe's life even though you haven't seen her until this point so you've had this interaction with her and then yeah she's basically like i want this to be my last happy happy memory and so here again I was very conflicted about what to do. You get the decision. You can either help Chloe kill herself by giving her an overdose of her pain medication through her IV so yeah. it'll look like it was just an accident. Yep. Or you can refuse and say, no, I'm not going to help you kill yourself. I didn't refuse. I ultimately, I chose to help Yeah, her. I was like, I'm not going to be at, that monster. At, at this point, too, I could also tell that it was reversible because yeah. you're looking through a photo album. Yes. And then that's when I was like, Oh, thank God. This is when I'm going to get to fix yeah. this. Yeah. And so I knew that was going to, that's where it was going. And so I, so in, in my head, I was like, this isn't affecting anything. I want to make this Chloe. Yeah. You know, ha so you happy. do, cause you don't know if there's like multiple timelines or, and like, you know, different things going on or if you're just like moving in affecting the same thread of time. And so I, that's how I was looking at it, that. You're just like affecting the same thread of time. And you're just, so I was basically like, this is going to be fixed. This 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 decision may, seems to have no consequence in the end, yeah. and and too, I was just like, you know, I I don't know, <laughs> but the, I, it was a very t iffy yeah. one because it's that like depending on how you stand decision, on, on euthanasia, you yeah. know, I was like, so, this is a touchy topic here. So, I'm not so ready to handle this one. Presumably, both of us did then choose to help Chloe kill herself. Yeah. So we both insert the medication into her IV, and you sit there and watch her die. Yeah, like it's not like you get to go back in time before she dies. You just kind of sit there, and eventually she dies, and, and she you, goes to sleep. Yeah. And it's like, oh man! And then you take the photo from the photo album, you refocus back to that same childhood memory of making the pancakes and then you make the conscious decision to let, to let William, William die. It was so you ridiculous. Let, and see, that's where I was like, oh my god, this game! Yeah. So you basically... Starting to just punch her right in the gut I mean, because you're standing there as a child with Chloe. You know her father is about to die and yeah. you're like, I just have to let it happen. Yep. And so then... Which, because then is almost somewhat of a selfish decision because you're doing this because you want to save Chloe. Yeah. And so it's a very... It's a very this is what, like what we've said with this game getting in the morally gray for all characters because it's like because you know both ways like you're playing God at this time and at it's this kind instance. of like who more deserved to live yeah. Chloe or her father and it's just like you know that in either reality neither they can't both live right there's no alternate reality where both of them live one of them winds up dying either through medical means from a car accident or in William's case from not surviving accident. the car accident yeah. so it's just like oh man I'm literally playing God which does kind of lead into this chaos theory because then this is skipping ahead a little bit but at the very end of episode four 
before. The kind of big environmental cataclysm that you view is in the sky. It's a full moon. You see two full moons kind of right next to each other. But you can tell the other one is kind of fading in and out of view like it's not fully permanent. And everybody's looking up and they're like, so about the two moons? We got two today. We got two moons today. Nothing, nothing, nobody's concerned. Yeah. So it's a it's a very oh, I guess Tywin and two sons never mind Star Wars reference but uh, so so anyway so with the you wake up out of this you go back you obviously are overjoyed to see or not necessarily overjoyed you're overjoyed that Chloe's still okay but you're also like what the hell did I yeah. just do and then you wind up through your research finding out that the Prescotts have this old farm because you uh, David has been in his, all his paranoia has been tracking several different people Chloe. Um, Nathan Prescott and a, f- and a few other people, I think. Yeah. And you put together – and it's really fun puzzle sequence, that putting was, together all, all these different yeah. clues to figure out where Nathan prescott That was been. one of the most impressive sequences of that game mechanically for me because yep. how they present it is you're looking at Chloe and Max's idea board, right. basically their investigation board, and you have three sections. One is about David's research, one is about Nathan, and one I think is about – the Vortex Club? I actually can't remember yes, what the last Club. one is. And so you, but it's all these different uh, notes and stuff that you've discovered from uh, investigating the, all these right. people in their They're rooms physical and pieces like of evidence. Yeah. So it's like paperwork, cell phones, blah, blah, photos. There's a bunch of photos. And you get to make the decision of picking what items from each three category you want to move to the next category. So it's like, okay, I want David's school, uh, I want Nathan's school file, his cell phone, and this small scrap of paper with 80,000 numbers written yeah. on it. And then and when you move to the next sequence, you get to figure out, okay, how do these numbers fit with the phone, blah, blah, blah. If you succeed, you unlock the phone at the final end. And the same kind of goes for the other two uh, categories. You are basically trying to get to the confirmed outcome. You're oh, no, try- no, no. It's Frank, the drug dealer. It's, it's Frank. It it's, is. It's, it's, yes. all his, it's his, like, because uh, you know Nathan Prescott, this other character, Frank, who you interact with, who you learn, uh, you know, Chloe's had interactions with Ariel. He's Amber, your had friendly neighborhood with. drug dealer. Yeah, and so you're you're lining all these pieces of information to figure out where Nathan Prescott is, because you know that he's behind these yes. women, dis- these girls disappearing and being drugged, so and you're trying you're, to figure out where he's at at specific yeah. times. So what you're actually trying to figure out is where specifically did he take Kate Marsh yes. the night of the party, where yes. She got drugged and the video happened. So eventually, I think you kind of have to succeed, right? Yeah. I don't think you can fail. Yeah, no, you succeed, you figure out. It may take you a few tries to line up everything. But once you succeed and you figure out, okay, at 10.04 p.m. on the night of the incident, Nathan took Kate to this unnamed barn. And you're like, nothing good ever happens in a barn. (laughs) Also, so quick side note. In all of this stuff, because, you know, like I said, uh, David was tracking Chloe, Nathan, and some, and somebody else. Like, I think Frank, actually, too, maybe. And all, in all this stuff. But did you, in, in terms of Twin Peaks references, did you see that yes. Chloe's license plate is Twin Peaks? Yeah, I pointed that out to you last time. Oh, we did? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> so hers is Twin Peaks, but did you notice that all of the other license plates were also like sci-fi references? Oh, really? One I of them was one. the Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were all really funny, and I was like, how are all of them avoiding vanity, affording vanity plates? <laughs> see, see, those are expensive. Hard <laughs> those to are get. expensive, guys. But no, I thought that was a fun little touch. Yeah, it was great. But yeah, so you wind up going to this barn with Chloe and discovering the dark room, which yeah. is basically this underground bunker under this barn, which has these photo, these binders full of books uh, that have girls' names on them. Oh, and it's and, so creepy. Like, there's one of Chloe. There's a book of uh, Rachel Amber. And when you're in this space and, and you're and you're obviously seeing like, okay, so this is where Nathan's taking the girls. Yeah. And you're, fr- you're freaking out about that. You open the book about Rachel and you see photos of her in the junkyard 
and, and she, you can tell, you can that tell she's, she's dead. dead. And, and so, so Chloe's freaking out, and they're like, we have to go to the junkyard right away. So they rush over to the junkyard, and, and they some do. stuff happens. So they, Chloe's like, I know exactly where that spot is. Yep. So they go to this particular spot of the junkyard. They're just digging in the dirt with their hands. And it doesn't get super, super graphic, but eventually you can view enough of Rachel's torso that you know it's her. Yeah, and you know that and she's so dead. And so episode four, it kind of ends sort of on this. Well, not yet. Yeah, not quite yet. Not yet. But so you know that Rachel Amber is dead. Chloe's freaking out. Blah, blah, blah. And so then, this just got way worse because Chloe, in the back of her mind, thought that she ran away to L.A. because yeah. Rachel wanted to be a model and all these other things. And so you, you've, you've always had in the back of your head like, oh, maybe this is going to turn out well. And so obviously this is just another stab that the game takes in your heart where you're just like, nope. Never mind. <laughs> She's definitely dead. This is dead. not like – this is shit is going down and it's going down yeah. hard. And but, so – you then, you know, Chloe is obviously incredibly brokenhearted and seeking, wanting to get vengeance on, on Nathan. And so you go to this, to the Vortex Club yeah, party that's yeah, happening that's that right. night, uh, with the, with the intent of confronting Nathan. And so you go there, you search around for him. He's not there. Uh, your photography teacher is there and you talk to him because he's there to announce this contest that's been going on. That's been kind yeah. of like this whole thing where it's everyday heroes where, uh, the person in this photography class, whoever wins, gets to go to San Francisco, have their work featured in this art thing and all this. So it's big, this big deal that's been going on. The teacher's been trying to get Max to be a part of it before. And she just like didn't because she's like, uh, there's all this other shit I got to do. Yeah, I'm busy trying to <laughs> save yeah. lives, Mr. Jefferson. <laughs> exactly. And so he's there and, you know, and announcing the winner and it turns out to be a Victoria. Oh, but you also in the, when you're in the dark, dark room, discover that Victoria is the next on the list. Yeah. So you see an empty binder with Victoria's name on yeah. it and you're like, I have to warn her. So I did try to warn Victoria. Did, did you, you succeed? No, she didn't believe me. She believed me. What the fuck? Because I was nice to her. <laughs> Probably because I was such a bitcher. <laughs> I was like, damn it, Victoria, you're still a bitch. <laughs> no. So she believed me and was like, okay, I'll be careful. I'll stay away from Nathan. But anyway, Nathan's not there. No. So Nathan's not there. But as you're leaving the Vortex Club party, you get a text from Nathan. Mm-hmm. And so it's like by the time I'm done here in this junkyard, there's not going to be any evidence of what happened. He knows that you've been to the dark so room. So he knows that you've been there, blah, blah, blah. So you're like, oh, no, we have to get to the junkyard before he gets rid of all the evidence. So you and Chloe rush back to the junkyard. You rush back to the site of where her body is, and it's still there. Yeah. And you're like, okay, and seems her body's seemingly still unper- here. Undisturbed. And it seems fine. And then kind of from behind both you and Chloe, somebody comes up, jabs Max in the neck with a needle, yep. gives her some sort of drug. She immediately... Immediately starts to go down. Chloe turns around to confront whoever is behind them. She gets shot right in, right the, in the head. head. She takes, which I was like, "What the I know. fuck?" So she takes that a ha- bullet right I in was the like, head. Jesus, I know. So she goes down. She's insta died. And you, as Max on the ground, you still have a little bit of consciousness. And episode four ends with someone walking over you and looking down at you. And motherfucker, it's Mark Jefferson, the teacher. It's which, the photography teacher. Which okay, so. I did not see that coming at all. I, like I, I like it. It didn't. I mean, it's a. It was it, like once it happened, and I saw it. I was like, okay, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. And then, especially when it gets into episode five, and this more this episode backstory is explained. But like he came up on screen, and I audibly went, "The fuck!" I was like, "No!" 
because I was like, he's so handsome. Damn you, Mark Jefferson. Because <laughs> he really is always kind of billed this entire time as the ultra famous and successful photographer. Who's like very, who's, like is trying to instill and build up yeah, your confidence so and he, your career. He's very much the cool professor. Yeah. So like he's got cool hair and cool glasses and he's like nice everybody's suits. friend, nice yeah. suits. So you're like, no. And it, the episode ends with you blacking out and it's just like, oh my God. Like it was crazy, and I was like, again, I was like, I went through all the shit going back in time to save Chloe again. Now she's dead again, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, and and again, again, because I was just so wrapped up in that moment, I did not think about there any being any way to fix that again. You're a fool, Jared. <laughs> I get sucked in, Mogan. I get sucked in, and I don't necessarily understand what's everything so, going around, right, around me. It's the power of the game. It's the power of the game. So, anyways, uh, obviously, at this point, you're immediately starting episode five if oh, you're not playing. The I had like an set. hour left of episode four, and I normally, because since I work from home, I'll I'll, I'll usually play video, play games or something during uh, uh, during when I'm eating lunch and stuff like that. And so my my whole thing was like, okay, I'm going to finish up episode four, play episode five later on tonight that ended and i was like oh no i'm gonna <laughs> so finish the whole i'm game. finishing the whole game right now like sorry work yes you'll have to you'll wait. have to wait so episode five then begins and you're coming to so you're max you're in the dark room that is abundantly obvious right off the bat but you're in a chair and you're tied down so your arms are tied to the arms of the chair your legs are duct taped to the legs of the chair and no one is initially there so you're coming to you're kind of regaining consciousness and then eventually when you do mark jefferson comes back well no you see victoria laying on the ground you do yeah really yeah that didn't happen in mine really no when the, when it huh. first begins for me you see uh, victoria's on the ground next to you like oh, ow or, or maybe or maybe that's when you so without going because this whole sequence was very you know very in-depth and had a lot of like reversing and jumping around yeah. and, and different things like that and the majority of episode five takes place in the dark room when you're tied up because this is when you really come in and start using the focus to jump through time and through pictures, right? You know, uh, which was incredibly well done. I thought it was because there's like you get there and you see this, but then you see your diary over there, and so you have to like manipulate Jefferson through, um, you know, through t- conversation with him to get him to like show you pictures, so then you could focus on one and like even jump back to earlier yeah. in the time you were in the exactly. room to learn more. And that might be where you see Victoria. I don't know. Did you not see her at all? No, she was never in the dark room with me. Oh, really? So I guess maybe if you warn her and she doesn't believe you, it's fine, I guess. I guess. I I don't know. I don't know. No, Victoria was never there for me. Weird. That's weird. That is weird. I wonder what triggers that difference. So basically, you just learned that Jefferson is a sociopath and who really just, he he has all along been kidnapping these kids, these girls, and taking them to the dark room to photograph them because he has some like sick fetish, I guess. With being with capturing the moment when they lose their innocence, yeah, and like they know that you know they're safe to realizing they're not, and like yeah. so that's why he's been doing this. And normally he's been drugging them, and I don't think he necessarily has been killing them all. Um, no, I think some of them I think have lived because obviously Kate Marsh was eventually photographed, but she did live, right? So I think it's been like they drug him, and Nathan had been he'd been he'd helped Nathan because you understand you know Nathan ha- is obviously very unhinged unhinged individual as well and he has so, been seeing mark jefferson as like somewhat of a father figure because his stri- relationship with his father is very strained yeah. and so like he's they've associated this very strong like or you know to i mean Nathan's. jefferson has basically taken nathan on as his apprentice right in this whole kidnapping photography adventure and it's and, like sick these people are sick <laughs> and so you learn that um nathan took 
drugged and, t- and captured Rachel as like a way to show Jefferson that he could do it on his own, yes. wound up giving her an overdose of the drug and killing her. He did. So Nathan technically failed and he accidentally killed Rachel Amber, right. which Jefferson clearly can't have. No. So Jefferson is kind of a pro. As far as we know, most of the other girls he's kidnapped haven't died. He which hasn't I mean, that, if there's like a huge string of girls dying, yeah. like that'd be, that's exactly. hard to cover up for a while. So that's like right. he drugs them, takes the photos and then they wake up later in the room in the hospital Whatever. Because you know from Kate Marsh that she can't really remember what happened. No. She vaguely recalls the dark room, but she doesn't really know who exactly was there with her. So she knows Nathan took her there, but she has no idea what happened after that. So the implication is Mark Jefferson does eventually let them go. Yeah. But when Nathan failed and accidentally overdosed Rachel Amber, Jefferson then put Nathan kind of on his hit list. So yeah. eventually you do find out through conversation that Mark Jefferson killed Nathan Prescott to keep him quiet. That too. same night. Like- like that, that same, same night. night. And yeah. it becomes, through all my things, that he kills Victoria, too. Man, that didn't happen in mind. So he kills Nathan in mind, but not Victoria. Yeah, he kills Victoria That's in mind. crazy. So I guess it's a good thing I was mean to her. I guess. Like I sometimes, t- to sometimes, save a life, you have to be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to. <laughs> so this unraveled one of the best sequences of the game, I feel oh, like. Oh, it was amazing. Like, I love the the part with, like, collaborating the evidence and all that stuff. But the, but this one with, with going back, because you jump time several times. You even go have a point where you go you are the winner of the festival because yeah. you, you realize the way to get back this is you have to somehow get back to earlier in the week the beginning of the week because then you can warn david with all of this information that you have exactly and let him know like hey this is where you need to go you need to go to this dark room and you're going to catch jefferson there and, and so david's it, so paranoid he totally believes you and exactly. he does he does exactly what his job is he goes and, and uh, so you see Mark jefferson. you see through the photograph time the photograph summary thing all the time changing and all these things happening where like all this stuff happens jefferson gets gets arrested early on in the week you know that nathan gets arrested early in the week and all this stuff happens and everything seems fine you wind up winning the the everyday heroes competition and you're going to san francisco with with your teacher but then and then while you're there you you, and you're like oh this is great this is where you come out of the time jump is on the plane to to san francisco and you're at your art show with your teacher and then you're like man and then you get a call from chloe or you call chloe something like that and you're like hey chloe because chloe's alive and you're like oh thank god i saved chloe yeah again and like this is great, but then when she calls, the storm is still happening. Yeah, and you're like, so I didn't fix anything. No, so, and so you, you basically have to jump back through time yeah. again, back to the room, and do it all over again. And it was this crazy, crazy turn of events. Yeah, so you just have to kind of tweak and tweak and tweak until finally you're in the dark room, still with Mark Jefferson. He is about to kill you because obviously you know too much. Right. So it's not like he can let you go. So he's going to give you a fatal injection of the drug that he uses to knock you out. But as he's doing that, because you affected the timeline in such a way david knows where you are yes so chloe is still dead but david knows you're in the dark room so he comes down mark jefferson hears him they have a struggle blah 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 and through one means or another mark jefferson winds up knocked out and david releases you from okay see chair. it's apparently an option you could kill jefferson david kills oh, no, jefferson. so eventually that did happen for me so oh, eventually when i got he just knocked him out for me oh, okay when i got out of the chair you're like, uh, David ties up Mark Jefferson on the ground. He's calling for backup, blah, blah, blah. But through conversation, you can reveal to him that, to David, that Mark killed Chloe. And David, like that kind of, that shakes him to his core. He freaks out. He's kind of having this conversation with himself. And then he abruptly turns to Mark Jefferson's body on the ground, shoots him dead. Oh, really? Yeah. And See, so I that told, happened to me. I told, under the assumption that I'd be able to fix it, 
told David that Chloe was fine. Oh, no, I told the truth. I'm a truth teller. <laughs> and now that's got so, you killed somebody because so, you're truth so, telling. So he shoots Mark Jefferson, and I was like, good, die, you bastard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, it's kind of, I, like, I kind of wanted that because you like yeah. you understand that this guy is sick. He's like, a He's sicko. seriously sick. Now, that sequence of getting it right where David could actually get the upper hand in the fight took me forever. I know. I was like, how do I, what do you I had have to, to like, do? change so many different things. There are like four different conversation options to go through. An incredibly well done sequence, but it was the mo- that was the one part of the game where i was like what do i do to fix this i, I cannot figure this out because every option had to be correct oh, in yeah. order because otherwise if you don't do the right thing jefferson kills david yeah so and then obviously you can't you can't can that's one of those rare black and white endings where you, you can't, can't have it to where david dies and you don't escape yep so at the end of the sequence for me david has just killed mark he's kind of sitting on the ground like thinking about his life and he's like you go you get out of here so you as max go back up to the surface of the barn you basically steal mark jefferson's car yeah uh, so that you can get to the two whales diner which is where you know because this storm is in full effect now the, the, the tornado is, is hitting effect. arcadia yeah. bay the entire time you're in the dark room you can hear it up above yeah and like the lights are kind of shaking and all that so you're trying to get to the two whales diner because you know that warren has a picture of him and max that you took before the vortex party that's just like a selfie of them right so she's trying to so get chloe back is still to, alive at that point in time. chloe's still alive at that point so you're trying to get the photo to get back to the vortex party so you're going you're like braving this storm blah 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 i don't know how yours went but in my car ride actually one of the most significant instances for me was you check your phone and you have a voicemail from nathan yeah Did that you, happened yeah, for me too I and he's like i'm voicemail. sorry i'm sorry like like you know that he's nathan, coming for me he's trying to yeah. like he, he's he's basically confessing all this stuff that yeah. like he, Jeff, nathan was deeply unhinged and he had so many problems but he wasn't necessarily evil no. like he had he the was potential just, to be he, he had been manipulated enough by jefferson he'd been manipulated yeah. enough by the by his relationship with his father and just his own mental he health issues that he needed had. help but because his father has this whole thing about family image blah 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 they weren't willing to get nathan the help that he actually needed yeah. so you get the sense that he's just a, a very unfortunately failed soul yeah people could have helped him and they didn't yeah so at the end of that voicemail he's like i'm sorry He's coming for me. I'm sorry. And I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, man, that sucks. That did make me have a bit more humanity for Nathan's character. Me too. And especially as you interacted more, like the part where they go, you go to Nathan's room to get stuff. And then on the way out, like he confronts you all in the hall. And then Warren like fights him and all that stuff again and like beats the crap out of him. And then he's just like sitting there like, you know, in pain on the floor. Like you get these instances where you're like, okay, this is like he's he's a flaw, a deeply flawed, but not necessarily evil person. Well, I kind of laughed about it. I'm not going to lie. And he was laying on the floor, like after you had beaten him up, and he's like, "Fun really hurts, man." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I know, right?" It does hurt when you get beat <laughs> it does up. Hurt it when you get beat up. <laughs> so anyway, so this is when you're the tornado's there, you know, and you're starting to have this thing, and you're trying to get to the two wells diner, so you can get that picture. You get to the two wells diner, you save some people if you can. You find the dead homeless lady. If you you save the homeless lady in advance, <laughs> and then you have these conversations with with everyone, with uh, Warren, uh, Chloe's mom, and then Frank, the drug dealer, is there too. I think. Yeah, he um, is. And so you in this whole thing, you start getting this you're talking to Warren and especially just like, okay, you got that picture, I need this picture. Yeah. And you explain everything to Warren. What you'd been trying to tell Warren about your power for a while. And then he and then uh 
and you know, so you wind up actually telling him here, and then he like starts saying some things about the storm, like possibly being your fault, and you yeah. know, and all this stuff. And I was like, uh-uh, no, put this on me. Now he's de- for me at least. He wasn't saying it in an accusatory manner. No, but not for me either. No, no, no. So he's just like, man, you know, if you're messing with time like that. It this could, is probably kind of your fault. Yeah, and like, you're the, like you oh, could be no. influencing this stuff. So, so you got you ultimately figure out that like still you're the key to figuring out how to stop this and save the yeah. town. And so you wind up getting the picture. You jump back in time, and then you again you have to like tell Chloe like because you got to jump time again. Yeah, but you have to tell her like this is what's going to happen. You have to do X Y Z. You have to listen to me, and then when we reconnect later on the beach, like you got to tell me this again so we can go to the you know go to the lighthouse and then and right. fix all this. But I'm, you know, I'm not going to be here to tell you, but you got to know Nathan's dead. Jefferson killed him. Jefferson's want to do this. You have to get all this stuff in order and, you know, exactly get all this stuff to, so you can save Victoria or something like that. Uh, I can't remember at all what the details are, but basically you have to do this. I'm not going to be here to tell you because I'm jumping time and yeah. you have to make this right for He's me. like, I got to go. <laughs> so you ultimately get back to the, get back to the lighthouse during the storm and you're there with Chloe and through conversation and all this stuff, you realize that you're, you only have really, Two choices. Actually, can we backtrack real quick? Before we get to that, through all of this time jumping, my favorite sequence of the entire game happened. Because eventually, you have broken time and reality enough that you as Max kind of wind up... Oh, shit. I was completely going over this. Oh, no, no, no. Because you get to the beach, and then then you're about to leave to go to the lighthouse. I wasn't sure if you were going to skip right to the very end. I forgot. And then Max blacks out, and then this happens. So Max blacks out when they're on the beach at one point, and you get to this amazingly well done kind of dreamlike hellscape where you're Max and you're just in this alternate reality. Like everything is darkness. You're just in these pieces of time. Mm -hmm. You're basically on your own timeline physically. And you're like walking through all of these sections. Mark Jefferson is alive again. He's trying to hunt you down. It's this amazingly well done sequence. Just a very like in your head, psychological, somewhat terror. Oh, it was, it was like terrifying in its own way. It was amazing. My favorite part of that entire sequence was where you're, back in the dorms mm-hmm. and you keep going through the same doors yeah and you have to you like keep becoming different people in a way and i was like this is crazy. and you had to like follow the clues to know which whose yeah. door to go into and all that exactly. to unlock through the sequence it did really you well did you get the picture of the giant squirrels no oh it was so funny that was my favorite photo of the game i missed that one eventually while you're in the dorm sequence if you look out one of the windows a you can tell that things are wrong outside and at one point if you look down you just look down the window and there's a huge dead whale right there and you're like hey whale sorry about that yeah I did but this. then in another time when you go through one of the other correct doors and you get to the window again it's these two giant squirrels and you're like picture <laughs> and then you keep going that's my favorite picture that's of funny i missed that one. Oh, it's excellent so then eventually you do manage to traverse your own purgatory basically mm-hmm. so you get to the end of this entire sequence, the lighthouse. which is the lighthouse yeah. so you get to the lighthouse you sit down and eventually you do kind of come back to reality reality and so the, here you are you know your your chloe has brought you up to the has brought you up to the lighthouse you come back and you realize and you understand through that whole dream sequence or, you know, in your own head, trapped in a time loop kind of thing, you do realize that what Warren said was right. Yeah. And that you did cause this ultimately all by of trying the environmental to do things. all of the changes and everything you've done has changed, like changed this. Yep. And so. 
So the whole storm is your fault. Yes. You created it by affecting time in such a way that reality is kind of broken at this point. And so then, talk, you know, you're coming to this, you're talking about it with Chloe, and then Chloe ultimately brings up the thing that I knew was coming and I did not want to hear, yeah. that all of this could be avoided and, and fixed if Max didn't save Chloe. Yeah. So Chloe eventually brings, you know, Max was probably never going to bring it up, but Chloe no. brings up herself. She's like, so basically to avoid all of this, I, you have to let me die. Yeah. And, and they have a pic, the picture of the butterfly that Max took in the bathroom that would let her the jump. Very first the very picture first picture she takes game. that allows you to jump back into the, allows you to jump back to that time. And so, you know, obviously like Max is like, no, like, because you've done so much to save Chloe. Yeah. So much to save Chloe. Up you feel so point. invested. And, well, and too, as the game goes on, like, you know, initially when the game starts, like you're thinking that you're going to build this relationship with Warren, but then as you're spending more time with Chloe, like you kind of, you feel something more than just a friendship yeah. growing there. And the type of language that Chloe and Max use both to communicate with each other and to talk about each other is very much more than how friends would talk about right. each v- other. They're very much like they're there together. Yeah. They're in this relationship and, and all this. And well, because early in the game, like as a joking thing, you have the option to kiss Chloe or not. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to kiss Chloe. Same. I was like, this is where the game is leading. Like, it's like this clearly is where... we're lesbians now or bisexual. Exactly. Bisexual. Because, because I was like, Warren's okay, but nah, Chloe's, Chloe's yeah. where it's Come at. on, look at that blue hair. Who I can know. resist? And She's so, a bad girl. <laughs> and so that, you know, so that, that, and then when you're in the diner with Warren, you have the option to ignore him, hug him or kiss him. There. I hugged him. I hugged him as well. Yeah. I, was I was like, like we're not like that, buddy. No, we're not. We're good friends. <laughs> you're we're all right, but but we're, but you know, my heart is with Chloe. Yeah. And so you get out of this and then, yeah, this is very incredibly emotional it piece, is. a cutscene, And, w- and then it comes to the final fateful decision of you either have to choose to let Chloe die or, or let Arcadia Bay be destroyed. Yeah. What did you and pick? I sat on that screen for maybe five minutes. I, I chose pretty quickly. Yeah. I, I knew in my heart what I needed to pick, but I didn't want to because yeah. I loved the character of Chloe so much. And so all this is going on. Sam was in the living room with me when I was playing this final part. And she noticed she was like reading something on her phone or Kindle something. And she looked up and was like, are you still trying to decide what to do? And I was like, yes, this is incredibly emotional. Decision. But ultimately I chose to, uh, that I had to let Chloe die. I did too. What's funny is I wish we had been able to have him on for this episode. Bro Mogan chose to save Arcadia. Really? Bay. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, you chose to let everybody else die. And he was like, yes, I'm a humanist. And I was like, no, really? Cause everybody else dies. Damn. So I did want to hear from his perspective, how the game ends. If you choose to let Arcadia so Bay I went back, be destroyed. I went back and watched the, the arcade oh, bay ending did. on youtube oh. after uh but the, but so anyway so then it goes to this whole sequence of like it goes back and you realize that through this you know you let chloe chloe dies in the bathroom which was fucking heartbreaking oh, too because like she's max is still stuck in the bathroom knowing what's about to happen she hears so she's chloe get just shot having and to die. hide behind a stall she's like trying to choke in her crying because yeah. she knows that chloe's dying back there yeah and so but anyway because of that all the stuff with jefferson and nathan prescott is revealed and so, like, you're able to stop it. Kate Marsh doesn't die, and all this other, and all these other things. Victoria Chase doesn't die. All this other stuff doesn't happen. And so, you basically, and then obviously, the tornado, the storms, and all these other uh, natural calamities don't occur either. But still, that moment of of having to watch Max like stifle her tears and cry in the bathroom, oh. and plus their own Chloe and Max's goodbye on the cliffside before Max jumped back in time, like, and then in that, in that moment, like Chloe and Max do kiss. And it's a very, yeah. very touching moment too. And you're, you do know in that moment that they, 
were and were going to be something more. I did. I was a little worried that the game would never actually make it explicit. I was worried that they were going to keep it ambiguous, yeah, but, but I was they, very they, happy that they made too. it. They're like, no, they're definitely in love with each other. Yes. Which, which is, made it that much harder. Exactly. So that A, gives it more emotional gravity, and B, it is a rare amount of representation that you often don't get in video yeah, games. So true. I was like, good. I'm glad that they are both together. I'm glad that it went this way. Me so too. I was very pleased about that. And so then you get that. So you see the fallout of Jefferson being arrested and his whole operation being shut down. But then you also have the moment of going to Chloe's funeral, which is also very sad. Oh, because then so sad. I felt so bad about that, too, because her freaking mom I know. has now had her husband and daughter die. But so the mom is still with David in yes. this timeline. So you get the sense that, hey, Chloe's dead, but the mother at least does still have a support in her right. life. Which for as weird and crazy and paranoid as David was, you can still tell that they, Joyce and David, yeah. cared for each other a and lot. And towards the end of the game, through all of this time jumping, you do eventually come to the realization that David also is a troubled individual. He survived a war. Yes. He has PTSD, most likely, but you know that he's at his core not a bad guy. Right. And so, so that comes out. And that, that. and that gets, and you can grow or re- weaken your relationship with David throughout the game through yeah. choices and interactions, too. Um, but no, it was just. And so the game ends with that. And so, but basically if you, so watching if the Arcadia Bay one, it basically just like the storm goes through and then it just has this, this cut scene of you and Chloe driving through the town and seeing the destruction oh. and then just leaving the town. Oh, wow. And to go, you know, to be to together. go to Portland, like they talked about. Exactly. Oh. And so it, again, it was, it was a decent ending, but I was also like, after I saw that, I was like, I'm glad I went the way I did. I mean, to be fair, I really do believe that Chloe dying is the correct ending. I do too. Like, I know that there's really no right way to end it, but you be, like, I think it's correct. Yeah. You have to reset the timeline. The world has to be the way it was meant to be. And it is pretty demonstrated in the alternate reality of Chloe being in her car accident. She's meant to die. Which they talk about. In, because in because so Max many tells episodes, Chloe all these she things. She keeps dying. The universe is trying to kill Chloe. Yeah. And so it's like, no, I always got the sense that even if you did let Arcadia Bay die, Chloe would still be dying. Yeah. Like, something uh, would still happen. Yeah. Cause uh, presumably on that road trip to Portland, they probably get hit by a car yeah. and maybe they both die this time. So I was like, no, she has to die. Yeah. It's her fate. And so, so that's pretty much it uh, as far as the game goes. And I know, sorry everyone, that this is a little bit longer. Yeah, we didn't episode. think we were going to talk this long, but it's such a good game. It's such a good game. And this is why that w- we wanted to do this episode because this was one, like I said, going into it had no idea what, what I was going to be and feel on the way, on the out, on the other amazing. side. It was an amazing trip of a game. And like this is, and I said this to you, I don't think I said it on the first episode. Oh no, I couldn't have because the game hadn't ended yet. But, uh, this game, I have not felt an emotional reaction to a game since I played The Last of Us in the exact oh, same way, just yeah. like where it sits in your gut and you can't think You're about anything like, oh. else. Like I thought I was thinking about the ending and like had the story and the characters for the rest of the day. Like, yeah. And just like, it really just stuck with me in a really good, And I still think way. about that game. I do too. Yeah. And so, and so and that was how I was The Last of Us when the, when The Last of Us ends and, and credits roll in that game. I was like, Oh my God, what did I just experience? And that's exactly how I felt with Life yeah. is Strange. And that's why this one, I felt like, you know, we normally don't go into this in-depth dive of a game. But there's so much to be had. There's so much to this game. And so, you know, for those of you who can still play and enjoy a game with spoilers, like, and if you listen to this episode, even though we gave you plenty of warnings, still go play the game. But, you know, and if you didn't, you know, like, if you haven't yet, play the game because it's... 
outstanding. And like, we glazed over all of the minor choices, which still we had makes to. for a very fun, <laughs> a very we fun could be talking. We could be talking yeah. for another two so hours. So let's wrap like, this you know, up. So, but all this thing, but all in all, Life is Strange was a completely unexpected, but incredibly incredibly great game yeah. experience. One Zach that, needs to finish it. Zach does need to finish yeah. it. So hopefully he stays away from this episode. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we gave him warning. We gave, we gave him warning. We warning. warned him. But yeah, so Life is Strange, Don't Not Entertainment. See episodes one through five. I'm pretty sure you can buy now for 14 to 20 bucks. For Life is Strange episodes. For all five episodes. Life is Strange Before the Storm is out. It's only three episodes. I have that one. Uh, I haven't started it yet. I'm going to probably this week try to get into that and play the first episode. It is $25 for the deluxe edition that includes all three episodes. I mean, there's like they'll have the releases thrown out, right. spaced out, but you would get all three. For, okay. Like, so yeah, so it's $25 for that. Uh, the deluxe edition comes with like another max chapter, like oh, a smaller max nice. chapter. Nice. So that's why I wanted to get that one. And normally, I think it's seventeen dollars okay, for, gotcha. for the game. Yeah, that's not bad. Not bad at all. Um, but so, as soon, like as soon as I finished episode five, I pre-ordered Before the Storm. Oh yeah, because you like, you have to, you have. I to. had to. I like, and so now knowing the ending of Life is Strange, I'm so happy that Before the Storm brings back Chloe and yeah. it's about Chloe. Yeah, because I like I liked Max, but I really freaking loved Chloe. Really, I was kind of the reverse. Like I liked Chloe, but I loved Max. No, I loved Chloe. Like Chloe to me I was like. I think we can all agree that the true hero was. Nathan Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> and you really look back at the really tapes. Really look back at the tapes. <laughs> but no, like, I, I just, I don't know. I also really love uh, Chloe's voice actor. Yes. Ashley Birch, who did uh, the voice acting for Aloy and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Brought that up a, a couple times. And so now I like, I, I'm totally on board with Ashley Birch. Like, more Ashley Birch, please, and yeah. everything. Uh, chop, chop. So, but sat, like I said before, also, sadly, she wasn't able to reprise the role of Chloe in uh, Before the Storm due to the voice actor strike last year. But I have heard from the trailer and everything, the voice actress that they replaced her with sounds very similar to her, so good. it's not a very distracting yeah. thing. So I'm right, excited good. about that. Okay, but anyway, uh, yeah, lots of heavy stuff. Um, the I'll be giving the song contest hint in a second here to... to for for the contest for this week, but I'll go ahead and go run through the spiel for that song contest. First person to correctly guess the song that is given at Wednesday 9 a.m. the day after this episode goes live. We'll put a post out on Facebook and Twitter. First person to correctly guess the game from the hint on either of those posts will get to send us a song and hint for a future episode. So stick around for the hint for that. But we're finally done. We're finally <laughs> done. We've drawn this in-depth and thoroughly thorough <laughs> uh, recounting of Life is Strange uh, season one, which apparently season two is in development. So hopefully we'll get one. Yes. We'll get more life is strange coming on because yes. more life is strange all the time. Please. We need it. Yes, we do. But with that, that draws this episode of team chat podcast to a close until next time. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Wilson joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. See you later. Stick around for the song. We'll see you all next time. All right, everybody. The song hint for this week is take the oath, destroy the blight. One more time. The hint is take the oath, destroy the blight. First time listeners, the song contest goes live Wednesday, 9 a.m., the day after this episode goes live. First person to correctly guess the game from the song hint will get to send us a song and hint for a future episode. One more time, the hint is take the oath, destroy the blight.